Classy. Let's get this show on the road. Okay. A content advisory for our listeners. This episode of Celebrity Podcast Podcast tackles some tough subjects like mansplaining, out-of-key singing, barely disguised misogyny, and Levittown, Long Island. We also say f- Take care while listening. Are you ready for some hard-rocking social commentary? Hit us. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. This is some hard rocking. Really says a lot about our society, this one. Do you feel like this is hard rocking? Yeah. Do you like Great the, commentary, do you too. Like the, yeah. Do you like the mouth train sounds? Oh, absolutely. Billy can tell us all about the ravages of neoliberalism and the American heartlands. Do you know this was supposed to be we're living here in Levittown? What happened to that? Well, because he thought Allentown would be a better lyric. Oh, so Allentown isn't even a real fucking place. No, Allentown shit up now. is a real place. Oh, it is. It's a, it's a town in Pennsylvania, but it's also not as crappy as he describes it. And this, he's actually describing oh, really? like Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, not Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yeah. But the song was supposed to be Levittown, which is the town where he grew up, as we're about to talk about in the podcast that we're about to talk about. You know what they call Allentown? What's that? The Liverpool of the United wait, wait, States. Wait. Hey, here comes some more mouth train noises. Ready? The best part of the most hard rocking song. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the reason we're talking about, of course, the hard rocking song, Levittown, <laughs> aka Allentown, is because this is the Celebrity Podcast Podcast. Yeah! <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. We're actually talking about uh, this. You ready? This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. My chance to talk with artists and writers, policymakers and performers to hear their stories, what inspired their creations, what decisions changed their careers, and what relationships influenced their work. Not relationships with women. No. Have there ever been two men who hate women more than these two men? <laughs> you mean X1, X2, and X3? Oh, my God. This episode, we have to talk about that in a sec. Hold on. We'll listen to this, let's just listen to this intro real quick. From the open-hearted declarations of old-fashioned love, and she's got away, and just the way you are, to the hard-rocking social commentaries, we didn't start the fire, and Allentown... We didn't start the fire. The hard rocking social commentary. You can just name things that happened in people in the early late twentieth century, oh. and that's hard rocking social commentary. You think that we didn't start the fire isn't hard rocking social commentary? Yeah, like a song that literally just is a list. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, it we really have to says just all the people, let's let's though. just like let's just listen to that, and you can just tell me this isn't. You don't think this is hard rocking social commentary? I mean, maybe it's hard rocking social commentary. Different question. What's not hard rocking about this? I'm not denying the hard rockingness if we didn't start the fire. Wait, you you think this is hard rock? You really think this is hard rocking? No, it's not hard rocking, but I, you could make an argument. One could. This is a grocery list. Yeah. <laughs> this song um, is like, I need eggs. I need bread. I need uh, kimchi. I need bread. Like this is not a hard rocking song. <laughs> What are you talking about? She names the character from every Oliver Stone movie yes. and then calls it commentary. Yes. Yeah. 
North Korea, South Korea. That's my favorite line. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard rocking. Literally hard rocking. Okay, Korea, so South we Korea. are not here today to just talk about the worst Billy Joel songs. Uh, there are some actually good Billy Joels. I think you and I would both acknowledge there are actually... There's at least one that I can think of. Pressure? Yes. That's the one we both like. Pressure. Yeah. Oh, let's just, we have to, just because okay, I have briefly, the, briefly, listen, briefly. I have the Bluetooth. Listen, we have work to do. Okay? I know we have, we have things to talk about, but like if we don't do it, cause we talked about it, we would be not doing ourselves a service. You have to learn to All right. I want to hear you. I want to hear your best version of this. Pressure. Uh, uh. Okay. Okay. That is enough of that. <laughs> I will be working forward from now on. Okay, we're done. So we are not actually here to, to give our musical commentary on Billy Joel as I think is all Alec Baldwin wanted to do when he had Billy Joel on his podcast. Here's the thing with Alec Baldwin. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing, my chance to talk with artists, policymakers, and performers. What year did this episode of Here's the Thing come out? Yeah, so in the first episode, we talked about like this new wave of celebrity podcasters, the Markleverse. Um, today we're getting into some of the old guard. first wave first yeah, wave yes. some of the OGs Alec Baldwin's been doing this show since like 2011 or yes, 2012 it was produced like. by WNYC as part of their WNYC Studios project yeah and by the way in the public radio verse mm-hmm. this was like a big fucking deal that they were making a podcast where Alec Baldwin was the host and I as a public radio person working in the public radio verse was like is this a joke are they yeah, just doing yeah, it because yeah. he's doing an impression of a public radio host. Oh, we'll get into it. He eats the mic, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so keep going. Yeah, so we both listened to the Billy Joel episode, which was recorded in 2013 or 2012, yeah. one of the two. Yeah. I also listened to a few of the recent episodes, and the recent ones all kind of suck. They're very boring in the same way that like most celebrity podcasts are. But I will say there is something kind of funny and interesting about listening to Alec Baldwin learning how to interview people in real time hmm. back in 2012. Hmm. And the guests are much better right at the beginning than uh, they are today. Does he steamroll them as much as he steamrolls Billy Joel in this conversation? I, I mean, mean I'm, I'm partial to say yes because I feel like he's got a steamroll type personality. But for the most part, I feel like he's not the worst interviewer ever. I mean, like he's he doesn't make any big mistakes. I'd say if there's anything, and I, I have some thoughts about this later, he talks about himself all the fucking time in this That's podcast. That's what yeah. I mean. So here's the thing. I have ADHD, and the thing that I have to work on all the time, full disclosure, just before we taped this, I was taping an episode of one of our Patreon shows, Married with Podcasts with your stepdad. Way to fucking plug your way no, I'm into sorry. the show. He literally had to stop the recording to be like, you've interrupted me 17 times. It's a thing I actively have to work on. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing that I know. Alec Baldwin, no one has ever given him that note. No, definitely not. <laughs> he jumps in and sings with Billy Joel when Billy Joel is trying to sing a freaking song that he has been invited to sing. He jumps in to sing like he jumps out of that helicopter to get on the submarine <laughs> and hunt for the Red October. Like, Waiting for me. Waiting well, for I me. tell how much that you love me. Waiting for the letters that you send. Journeys I He's very aggressive about the way he interviews, for sure. Like trying to explain to the uh, like the stewardess what turbulence is in the October. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> turbulence. It's like you know when the airplane shakes. Like, and she's like, "What? You know, if you did try and get some sleep, the flight would go a lot faster." I can never sleep on a plane. Turbulence. 
Pardon? Turbulence. Solar radiation heats the Earth's crust. Warm air rises, cooler descends. Turbulence. I, I don't like that. So, yeah, he's a bit of a steamroller, not the worst interviewer, but I think it is interesting going back to this, like, early 2010s era where, like, it's kind of like the halfway point between public radio being the center of the podcasting world to, like, now this kind of modern era where podcasting is much more, like, decentralized and, like, disconnected from public radio. Yes and no. I just want to disabuse you of the notion that public radio was the center of the podcasting world because, like, WTF with Mark Maron was existed before this fucking show. Sure, sure, sure. There sure. was an ecosystem of podcasting before this show. What made this show with Alec Baldwin, here's the thing, singular was that WNYC, which was a big public radio station, had a CEO who was very focused on growth. And she, for all of her faults, and there were many faults, all you got to do is uh, Google WNYC, former CEO, not going to get into too much of the tea, saw that there was a podcast ecosystem outside of public radio. Mm, And she made bets that WNYC, the public radio station, could make entertainment-focused podcasts and Mm -hmm. could grow that way. So they made shows like Two Dope Queens. Yep. That was a comedy podcast. And they made this show where they were like, we can do a talk show that's like a Mark WTF style talk show where we can just have like Alec Baldwin fucking interviewing people. Mm -hmm. It was a smart bet, but it wasn't branded a quote celebrity podcast yet. It was literally just like, hey, here's a celebrity who likes talking to people and schmoozing with them. Mm -hmm. So that was it wasn't branded at all. A celebrity podcast is, by the way. WTF with Mark Marin is also technically a celebrity podcast, but that also was not branded a celebrity podcast. I will say, though, despite it not being branded that way initially, like it has all of the aesthetic and like audio qualities, which now every single celebrity podcast has. Just looking at the artwork, classic. We got Alec, flat Ooh. black backgrounds. Yep, face shot. You yep. either have one thing, you either have a photo or a vector drawing. Exactly. Well, you and I have gone with vector drawing aesthetic. Yes. Only because we don't have a professional photographer. <laughs> True. <laughs> We're literally just like, hey, Jeff, (laughs) take these photos of us in our house and please do a vector drawing. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. We really appreciate it. Yes. So although it wasn't marketed that way, it kind of seems like it was kind of forerunning what would be to come of the kind of like celebrity podcast ecosystem. Can I ask you something else? Yeah. There is this thing that I don't know if you remember. Um, There was this talk show moment that happened in the aughts where like celebrities talking to celebrities who are cowed by other celebrities was a moment. Like Mm. there was the Rosie O'Donnell show where it was like, Rosie has a show, but when she meets famous people, she's so cowed by them and impressed by them. And, and, and like Ellen DeGeneres, by the way, we all know she's a dick uh, now, but when it's like she meets somebody famous and she's so impressed by them and cowed by them. Howard Stern, by the way, has always brought that energy because mm-hmm. he wasn't super famous. But then when he became a huge celebrity, he's still like and when he went to Sirius brings people on the show. He has this like 90 million dollar deal and he brings people like Paul McCartney on his show. And he what you hear on his radio show is his because he brings it on the actual program is him making his staff for four days in advance being like don't fuck this up guys Paul McCartney's coming on yeah so there is this whole oeuvre of like celebrities vault like vaunting other celebrities Mm -hmm. that's what this is yeah they're both like Long Island celebrities Mm -hmm. but as Baldwin says to Joel in this podcast if I could do what you do I would never do what I do that's what actors say they want to be musicians I would never ever 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 waste five minutes of doing what I do if I could do what you do that's a lot of actors there's something very, I hate to say it, 
there's a lot about this that I hate. There's something very charming about that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, well, again, another example. That is what celebrity podcasts are today. Just celebrities talking with other celebrities. Ass kissing. Yes, exactly. Ass kissery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in many ways, this show, I don't know if it's the first one, but like a very early prototype of what would be to come of this disgusting genre of yeah. podcasts. Yeah, that's not, but, but made by public radio, so it actually sounds good. Yeah. Not a lot of line noise. All right, do you want to get into the show itself? Let's do it. Okay, so I think we talked in the Megan episode about the kind of like girl boss aesthetic that mm. it was trying to capture, did a really bad job with it. And I think, like you said, this show is kind of going for, I don't even know what era this would come from, but kind of like the old timey, like radio personality type aesthetic, but also fails at it very, very badly. Failed at every level. First off, before we even get into like Alex interviewing or whatever, the theme music is just a Miles Davis song off of Kind of Blue, which is like the first jazz song like anybody listens to. Yep. Like you look up jazz on the internet and like that's the first thing that comes Thanks, up. Thanks, Alec. So like... Yes. So, you know, great job on that one, guys. Well, Real deep cut. So this was also a radio program. Mm-hmm. And I it did, did make me curious. So a thing you might not know is that public radio stations are covered by a blanket NASCAP license. So they can play whatever fucking song they want on the radio. Yeah. Makes me wonder, did they license the song for On Demand? I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. So that is interesting. It's like, hello, mm-hmm. we have jazz. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have the Terry Gross uh, Fresh Air aesthetic, except mm-hmm. we're just mm-hmm. using a song instead of a theme song. Yes. yes, exactly. All right. What else have we got? You did not listen to this episode, but I listened to a 2013 interview he did with Ira Glass, which oh was very funny because it kind of turned into a meta conversation about how to interview, like an interview about interviewing. Please tell me you're going to drop some clips of that. Yes, absolutely. Please. I, I really want to hear Ira Glass talk about Alec Baldwin and how he should not be hosting a radio show. Yes. <laughs> so this is like the a good introduction to the steamrolling. So for example, Ira Glass is like trying to describe what he likes about Alec's show as someone who listens to it. And he says that... I think, I mean, I've, I've heard tons of your shows and I, I really like your show. I think you're a very skilled interviewer. Um, and one of the things that you do... An interview is a party, and you're the host of the party, and the interviewee will do what you do. What you model is what they do, too. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just human nature. And so if you tell a lot of funny stories, they will tell you funny stories back. And if you tell personal stories, they'll tell personal stories back. And I feel like there was a phase in your show where, for whatever reason, you had on a series of people, and it was like Herb Alpert. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't remember Dick Tavert was like this, but Herb Alpert was definitely like this, where people who went through their lives and were hugely successful and then had their hearts broken or had failed and then had to claw their way back, where in those interviews, you talked about yourself in this way that made them talk about themselves more. Do you get that impression from the episode you listened to? That the guests become more comfortable because Alec is telling personal stories? You think so? Is that a tactic you use in your interviewing? No. Well, (laughs) here's the thing. Here's the problem. Alec is completely fucking unrelatable. Well, here's the thing. He's relatable until he's not. Mm-hmm. In this yeah. interview with Billy Joel, they share something so unbelievably, have so much in common yeah. that there are times in the conversation 
that you cannot tell who's talking. No, right at the beginning, it took me a good five minutes into the conversation to like separate the two of them. The place was a dump, but the postcards said the Tropicana and it had like a palm tree on it. So I sent postcards to all my friends. Yeah. I've made it. Yeah, I'm here. I'm in Hollywood. It's at all the coming Tropicana. together. <laughs> yeah. I'm having omelets on Santa Monica Boulevard it's... for a dollar. They have one thing not in common. And please don't judge me for saying this. Okay. One of them is ugly and one of them is handsome. <laughs> okay. Okay? I'm sorry. But they both came from adjacent towns on Long Island. Yeah. They both hate women and both married supermodels. Mm -hmm. They both became hugely successful in their careers. Mm -hmm. They both can now yuck it up and talk about it war story style. Multiple mm -hmm. marriages, but all the war stories about X, Y, and Z. And, and Billy can tell these Haha, ha, hilarious stories about all the times he failed, yet still kept still getting was majorly new successful. record deals. Like, like, <laughs> like, oh, I signed with this record label, had two albums, they didn't sell two records, and then I signed with Arista. Well, the bands got smaller and smaller and smaller. Attila became a two-man band. So, uh, so when you, you and he went off, we went it off. Was, Attila was the two of you. Attila was just the two of and us. And what did he play? He played drums. Drums. I played Hammond organ, wired directly through amplifiers. So we're getting closer to Lawrence Welk now the more we go. It's getting closer. Well, you almost got that accordion. But it was louder. Yeah. It was much yeah. louder. And we got signed to Epic. And we were on Epic for one album, and it was a colossal failure. We played one gig. I think it was on Ungano's on the west side in Manhattan. <laughs> and people went fleeing from the place. We were so loud. You could see blood coming out of people's ears. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. A woman Lunatic. would get one fucking chance. And this funny looking ass guy from goddamn Levittown gets like 18 million chances. Okay. So they have like a lot in common, right? Yes, yes, yes. So sharing personal stories in this regard is just more like two guys who are basically just being like, 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 like punching each other on the arm. Like, can you fucking yeah. believe we're both here? Well, a lot of it too just seems like classic boomer vibing. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. They're both of them are talking about the seventies. Like, oh yeah, those were such like tumultuous times. <sighs> Sixteen years old, Hicksville, Long Island. Yeah. Vietnam War going on. Yes. Yeah. Very, very tumultuous times. Neither of you guys served. Like, you were just chilling. Yeah. Like working in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Like, how tumultuous could it have been for you? You had a song with a helicopter sound effect at the beginning, Billy. Good, good, good on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. They came as soulmates. The other uh, boomer moment that I kind of wanted to unpack a little bit is when Joel is talking about like what was going on in the '60s and like the milieu that he kind of grew up in. <laughs> oh my god! And oh, I can't. Oh my god! This is so uncomfortable. It's making me. You're, 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 you're making me physically uncomfortable right now. Remembering this. Yeah. So he talks about like JFK being assassinated and like what a big moment it was for the nation. Like, oh yeah, this progressive young guy like really stood for what we believed in. Yeah. And it was a really sad moment for the nation. And then, but then. The Beatles came to America, baby. And healed like, us all. And it was okay. November of 63, John F. Kennedy is assassinated. The country goes into the dumps. Even though we didn't know that much about politics or, or government, he was our guy. He was the young, vigorous, progressive. And he was, boom, he was shot, taken away. Everybody just turned off, like a switch turned off. We became very cynical. The whole nation had the blues. February of 64... Who comes out? The Beatles come to America. Right. We took them in. We yeah. just embraced like oxygen. that. They they walked into that space. Hopeful, funny. It was they were warm, sexy, guys. Yes. everything. Everything. 
everything let's that was party. taken away from us, great, let's go have a party. Let's party. Yep. This is just like peak boomer shit where it's like culture and politics, like all just turn into this one amorphous like vibe that was the perfect moment in the 1960s, which we're always trying to get back to. That's right. And by the way, for any boomers who are listening, we are not being ageist against you. We are talking about celebrities who co-opt moments in time and pretend they're perfect and like act like that's what we should aspire to. It is fucking bullshit and you should be insulted by it too. Can we talk about Liverpool? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my God. So when he's talking about the Beatles, he describes them as like... Four working class guys from Liverpool, right. which is as close to Levittown in England, I think, and sounding anyway. Yeah. Which is like the most Billy Joel way one could describe He says when he was with his high school band from Levittown... Long Island, it was Levittown, was just like Liverpool. I never thought of that. Levittown is our Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. (laughs) Henry Lavoie, I am from Freeport, Long Island, which is a few towns over from Levittown, Long Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Liverpool and Levittown, no. One in the same, exactly the same. And, And what's so funny is that later in the episode, he plays a song that he wrote like an early song that he wrote, and he was just copying the Beatles. It's not <laughs> yes, like, yes, it's yes. Not like, no, it's, it's indistinguishable. <laughs> it's not like he was like, I am like the Beatles from Levittown, so I wrote a song like Levittown-esque, which is equivalent to what the Beatles were doing. He was literally just ripping them off. Well, I'd climb the highest mountain And I'd swim the deepest sea If I knew you were there at my journey's end Waiting for me. Like he wrote a Liverpudlian song. Like he didn't write a Levittownian song. No, no. Like the fuck, Joel? No, it's so awesome. I mean, this is the thing about Joel. Like I, you know, I don't hate Joel. Like I'm from Long Island. It would be sacrilegious for me to say I hate Billy Joel. That being said, even if you love Billy Joel, if you don't recognize the fact that every single thing he did that was successful in his career was him ripping somebody else off, you're deluding yourself because even he admits that. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want this to be my Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. He's like, I'm copying REM. He literally says that. Yeah. Doesn't love me anymore. Almost like Mr. Yeah, Mike. That's like the Beatles. I copied Beethoven on this song. He does not lie about the fact that he's ripping other people off. That is his thing. No, he's America's favorite fail child. This motherfucker <laughs> has just failed his way into the most up. successful music career. He fails up. Yeah. He's short. He's funny looking. He can't play piano well. He says it himself. His left hand is no, bullshit. No, that's the fucking other thing is he so talks about like all of the like genres he wanted to play as a kid. Like, oh yeah, I really loved funk and Ray Charles and soul and all this stuff. I really wanted to get into that, but I didn't really have the chops for it. Then I tried jazz and I couldn't really do that either (laughs) suck at the piano I know what good piano playing is and I'm not good my left hand is lame (laughs) I'm a two-finger left-hand piano player as opposed to opposed to somebody who knows what they're doing with their left hand right Billy Joel is a good interview he is he's uh, he's so funny I've heard him on Howard Stern I've heard him on this I've actually seen Billy Joel live at uh, we went to Fenway to see him a couple years ago he was very drunk the whole time he is an excellent entertainer and a great interview and i won't shit on him in this interview because he's just being billy joel Mm -hmm. uh he's very charming and very entertaining doesn't take away from the things about him that 
are criticizable, mm-hmm. but he does. Like he's a great right hand piano player. Yeah, he literally does just play octaves with his left hand. Though, if you know anything about music, he's literally just playing like two C's, two D's. You know, he's not doing a ton. Like if you listen to like Ben Folds mm-hmm. versus Billy Joel. Oh yeah, there's a lot of difference. There's a lot of a lot of daylight there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a few other Billy quick hits because we're this is technically about the Alec show. Oh but yeah. Like, okay, sorry. But I'll, I'll, sorry, Alec. We can do a quick speed round with these. Um, there's a moment in the interview where his phone goes off, and the theme from The Godfather is his ringtone. Jesus Christ! Which... <laughs> What's that music? That's my telephone. Is it phone? Yeah, yeah. You hear it? It's a the man, Godfather. It's, like it's, it's the theme from The Godfather. Is your ringtone on your phone? Yes. That's amazing. What's so weird? <laughs> it's so weird because he so embraces the Long Island. I bet like he drives a car with a spoiler on it. And the funniest thing is too is like that's towards the end when like Alec and Billy are really vibing with each other, and his like Godfather ringtone goes off, and Alec's like, "That is so cool. Is that the theme from The Godfather? Like I should make that my ringtone." Like these guys are exactly the same. These two men. If they've never had wives, would have movie art in posters as the art in their houses. Yes mm-hmm. or no? Oh, 100%. Movie posters like yeah. Godfather, like Al Pacino. Like they would have movie posters as the art in their houses, period. My last, my last thing is that Billy heavily implies throughout this podcast that he was part of the same CIA program that wrote Winds of Change both overthrowing the Castro regime in Cuba and causing the fall of the Soviet Union because he's like describing this like first this concert in Cuba he does where he's like well we played in Cuba in 1979 played at the the Karl Marx Theater in Havana (laughs) and everybody gets up on stage these other American artists Stephen Stills Viva la Revolution Viva Fidel Chris Christopherson Viva la Revolution Viva Fidel he's talking Spanish I get up on stage I'm in the last act (laughs) <laughs> I said, yo no hablo espanol. And I went to Big Shot. <laughs> and the kids went, ah! Storm the stage. There you go. They don't want to hit Viva. We hear this crap all the time. We want to hit Big Shot. I um, loved that. Yeah, there was that moment. And then he's talking about how he was like one of the first major U.S. performers to play a concert in Russia. In Moscow, right? In Moscow, yeah, after like Glasnost started. And he's like, yeah, I was playing there. And wouldn't you believe it? A year later, the wall comes down and it's all (laughs) over. The hard rock is hitting and the drums, they started going berserk. There were security guards going around giving people uh, sedatives because they thought they were having uh, fits. The Cold War ended for me right then. This is still when it was, Reagan was calling it the evil empire. And we're not going to have a war with these people. They can't even get toilet paper right. You know, we're not going to have. A, we're not going to fight with them. I don't want to fight yeah. them. They don't. They love yeah. us everywhere yeah. I went. Viva America! Long live America! This is great. Cold War ended. I'm like, way to go, yes, Billy. Thank you for your service to your country. Way to like, go, Billy. So yes, um, the CIA did write winds of change, and Billy Joel was definitely involved somehow. Hundred percent. Yeah. Can we just talk about something about Alec that Please. makes me crazy? Aside from uh, coitus interruptus, which mm-hmm. he does constantly, mm-hmm. he cannot, like, Billy cannot say anything without him just, like, jumping in. Billy cannot sing a song without Alex trying to harmonize poorly. Yes, yes, yes. horrible. And then also, Alec does this thing where when he does his VO, mm-hmm. he gets all sexy with the mic like this. Billy Joel says he doesn't look back on his life that much. Last year, he decided not to publish his long-awaited memoir entitled The Book of Joel. He said, I cannot. 
Alec, you are a professional fucking actor. You you could like just you talking. You're fucking Alec Baldwin. Yeah. What producer is telling you to eat your microphone and like be late night sexy love song announcer Delilah situation on yeah. your show? It sounds ridiculous especially with what they have him saying like deep thoughts of mm-hmm. deep thoughts about billy joel when we get back we're gonna talk about how billy joel failed his 17 wives <laughs> and yet went on to write the <laughs> nylon curtain anyway yeah so this was the other moment from the ira glass interview that i wanted to pin because he's talking about they're like talking about his voice and his delivery and Ira was saying, like, and I think it comes down to, like, what do you think authority comes from? And back when we were kids, authority came from enunciation, precision, right. delivery, a, and a kind of gravitas that you are bringing to the character you're playing. And I think that, you know, not just me, but a whole generation of people feel like, well, that character is obviously a phony pretending to be this like cartoon sort of like the newscaster on The Simpsons with a deep voice having gravitas. And so I think a lot of us just went in the other direction. Alec does not do any new thing at all. He is straight up trying to do the impressions of like the radio casters of old times, I feel like. And he fails at it in a way that is very obvious. He sounds like he is playing Alec Baldwin as a character playing a radio announcer on a television show. Yes. It sounds like it's like a caricature. So you know how like on 30 Rock... Wasn't Alec Baldwin on 30 yes, Rock? Yes, yes, yes. He, no, he sounds like, like his 30 Rock character. He does. I want to hold your hand, Lemon. Yikes. This is a perfect example. You have a million dollar view, but you refuse to acknowledge that there's a whole world out there. Oh my. There appears to be a gentleman making passionate, angry love to himself. And the whole thing is now, what's so funny about Ira Glass saying that is now like Ira Glass has become a caricature on public radio. Mm -hmm. Like every young person coming up through radio tries to sound all deadpan. Like I have people who now like we hire Mm -hmm. at my station who are young and they might talk like this. They like might come in and like this is their voice. But then when they go in and they do their VO, they're like, so when I was whatever, I'm like, no, fucking, you are not Ira Glass. Just go in and like, now Ira Glass's voice has become the thing that people try to imitate, which is so funny because Ira Glass, by the way, there's nothing wrong with having a speech impediment, obviously, but he literally has one. Mm -hmm. And people sort of try to imitate that flat lateral lisp thing that he has. Act one. That is literally like become the new... And we're living here in Liverpool town. But yes, Alec Baldwin sounds like he is making fun of a public radio show on this public radio show. Yes, it does not work. But it's also kind of funny, too. It's entertaining as fuck. Yeah, no, because like he's like clearly working very hard. He's putting in the effort, but you know it doesn't... You working hard? The producers on this show. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Can you imagine like being... Because I know how this was made, and it's like people, there's a team, and they have to be like... All right, so try it this way. Yeah. They're not just sending, it's not COVID. They're not just sending to him at home and being like, okay, Alex, read this and send it back to us. No, he's got a whole staff like ready I, to I assist. think so. I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but like I visited WNYC like in 2010, 2011, and mm-hmm. I watched like how Studio 360 was made, and that show's not on anymore. So I'm very comfortable saying like, I, I worked on a, a talk show that was a magazine show in the very similar style. We had four people, but Studios 360 had like 11 people. Yeah. And Kurt Anderson needed like a lot of people just being like, so Kurt, mm-hmm. here's how I would say this. Alec 
Like, the, I, I don't think they were just sending him shit at home and saying, okay, record this and send it back. Yeah, yeah. I will say, so the more recent episodes, like right before I came down here, I listened to one with Howard Dean. What which... are you doing to yourself? <laughs> are you okay? I'm fine, okay? I'm worried about I'm you. I'm fine. I don't think you are. Howard Dean's not fine, oh, but... Oh! <laughs> But he, like, very much now, the show sounds like every other celebrity, like, podcast show. Just in terms of... dialed it back. You can, like, hear, like, the questions do not sound natural. They sound like um, they're pre-written. I think he's been doing it for such a long time, too, that I'm sure he's kind of phoning it in. The guests are not as interesting. Whereas, like, the first episode, he's getting Michael Douglas and Billy Joel and, like, all these comedians and actors. Yeah, basically his boys are coming to the studio and they're making a podcast. And I don't know. I think there is something about like his abrasiveness and his big like, dick energy. His big dick energy. I'm sorry, and, that's like, what this was. No, like it's really funny. I honestly like the Billy Joel episode was very funny. Uh, I came in with the idea of playing uh, only the good die young as a reggae. Come out, Virginia, don't let me wait. Liberty throws his sticks at me. He goes, why are you doing it? The closest you've been to Jamaica is Queens. <laughs> I also listened to the Michael Douglas one. It was pretty good. But like just seeing Alec, Alec Baldwin be Alec Baldwin, just do his thing, but also try to play this like radio host character from 1974 or whatever. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. These those early episodes. So listening to this now in 2022 era. Mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin has now shot somebody on a movie set. Yeah, 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 yeah. His wife has come out as being fake Hispanic. Yes. She's been pretending to be Spanish for God knows hilaria. Cucumber. How you say cucumber? In this video, during a cooking segment, she can't remember the English word for cucumber. We have, um... Cucumbers. The Alec Baldwin moment is like very strange. By the way, Alec Baldwin moment, this is not the first time it's been strange. Mm -hmm. He also had the tape many years ago of like that came out of him calling his daughter like a rude, thoughtless pig. I don't give a damn that you're 12 years old or 11 years old or that you're a child or that your mother is a thoughtless pain in the ass who doesn't care about what you do as far as I'm concerned. You have humiliated me for the last time with this phone. Like, there have been many, many weird Alec Baldwin moments in pop culture. Let's not pretend this is the only one. No. Like, when he shot... I feel like, above anything, shooting the person. Like, literally, killing somebody. somebody, Yeah, I was was really hoping that we're going to talk about Big Shot on the the show. I was a little concerned. I was like, that's not going to hold up. Anyway, listening to this now is weird. Yeah. Especially when he they were talking about women. Mm-hmm. And he said... I moved to Highland Falls, which is right up the Hudson. Why? We weren't ready to move Lock, Stock, and Barrel Who's back we? into the sea. I, I was married at the time, my first ex one Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, disdain... Yeah. I'm sorry. These two men hate women. Oh, no, clearly. Like, they hate obviously. women. <laughs> and but Alec cloaks his hatred of women through a love of women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His whole thing is like, when you love him, you marry him, which is just as disposable as Billy Joel calling his exes X1, X2, X3. Well, that's the thing is like, I feel like they both like at their core, like probably have very similar feelings, but like, Alec Baldwin has like the liberal Hollywood like gobbledygook kind of speak to like dress it up in. Well, Billy Joel is just Billy Joel. So why'd you get married? I don't know. You're asking me? (laughs) Exactly. Is that a part of your makeup, which is 
married, family. Was marriage the right thing to do? I was madly in love. And yeah, when you're really like, in love, you marry him. That's it. That's how I feel. Billy's take on why his marriages didn't work out. Oh, my God. So <laughs> his whole thing is like, when I'm making music, they don't get all of me. And I'm like, oh, so you cheated. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it sounds like. I feel like I've given away pieces of myself. Sure. Maybe something I should have given to the relationship. Right. I gave to the work. Right. It's all consuming. If you're going to do it right, you have to jump in with both feet and do it 100%. Music will do that. It's a very harsh mistress music. You have to do it all the way. And maybe I, I didn't do things I should have done, or maybe I didn't take care of business the way I should have taken care of because of the music. And so I stopped writing songs about my personal relationships, but I, I kept writing music. I, and I don't, I don't, I mean, granted, I don't know. No one can be inside of a marriage. Yeah. That being said, he just randomly says like, we, we, we. And mm. Alex has to be like, what do you mean we? Yeah. And he's like, well, me and my wife at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, literally yeah. telling stories like, like completely erasing people. He had to be reminded by Alec Baldwin. At one point he was talking about when he was making, uh, what's the album that has Uptown Girl on it and all that stuff? I don't remember. He had to be reminded, he was like, oh, he's like, at the time I was dating Naomi Campbell and and Christy Brinkley and whatever. I'm like, dude, you were fuck, you fucking married Christy Brinkley <laughs> and, and you like lumped her in with Naomi Campbell and Elle McPherson and all the other supermodels you dated as if you didn't marry her and have a child with her, which you did. Yeah. Here I am meeting Whitney Houston sure. when she was a model. Uh, Elle McPherson. I'm dating her. I'm dating Christy Brinkley. This is fantastic. Yeah. I feel like I'm 16 years old again. Now. Yeah. Going out it's with going well. girls. It's all going great. And I'm a rock star. But he sort of like lumps it together like an era in his life that was this great era where he dated supermodels. Mm -hmm. He married Christy Brinkley they had a kid together. They were together for a significant period of time. But he talks about it like it was a real fun moment where he was fucking some broads. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. wild. By the way, that's Billy. But Alec frames it like, well, what I do is when I love him, I marry him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same yeah, yeah. kind of misogyny, different package. Listen, if womanizing is the price we pay for hard rocking social commentary. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Hard rocking. Hard rocking. <laughs> All right, so um, you seem to have fallen down a here's the thing rabbit hole. I'm a little worried about you. Yeah, I've kind of, I've since come out. Like now that we're in the final minutes of recording this, I think I can cut myself off, go cold turkey. I'll be all right. I hope so. Yeah. I, I, I'm worried about you. I'd much rather become a Joel file. <laughs> okay. I'd much rather you fall down the <laughs> Joel hole. That would be hole. concerning. The Joel hole. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what do you think of this? Would you recommend that people go back and listen to some of these old episodes in general? Do you think that they're worth digging up? or no I would rather they go back and listen to the nylon curtain by Billy Joel agreed which I don't think it's his Sergeant Pepper <laughs> <laughs> I mean I know he wants to think it's his Sergeant Pepper Pressure. but like you know it's not bad what do you think is nylon curtain Billy Joel's Sergeant Pepper yeah I mean, it's his best album. If that's the criteria to have your Sgt. Pepper, I mean, I guess this podcast would be our Sgt. Pepper. You think so. this podcast is our Sgt. Pepper? Might be my Sgt. Pepper. I can't speak for you, but... You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know that it's not going to be your Sgt. Pepper. Bearbrook doesn't have shit on this. <laughs> Listen, we have our hard rock and social commentary. We've got, like, our helicopter sound effects. Yeah, 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 you yeah. You know, we have our, like... North Korea, South Korea, East Korea, Yeah, West we don't Korea. know. We don't know. We don't know when there's going to be the boys landing on Paris Island. This is the whole thing. Billy 
had crickets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what are we talking about next time on the podcast? Ooh, that's that's a good question. We're going to have to make a decision. What would you like to do? It's your pick. I've already figured it out. What are we doing? We're talking about Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop. Goop podcast. Let's fucking do it. I Let's can't wait. Let's fucking do it. I can't wait either. All right. So here we are. Celebrity podcast podcast. Peace. Peace it out. And uh, I don't know. I think we should let Billy rock us out. What do you think? Take it off, Billy. We met as soulmates on Paris Island. The 70s, tumultuous times, they were. They were. Yeah. Paris Island was the Levittown of... (laughs) Saigon was the Levittown of Vietnam. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the thing. (laughs) With Rebecca (laughs) LaFoy. Act one. X1. (laughs) (laughs) Celebrity Podcast Podcast was produced by Henry Lavoie with overbearing interference from me, Rebecca Lavoie. Music in this episode was by Nongdo, The Hassles, Attila, Ludwig von Beethoven, Billy Joel, and Alec Baldwin. Original podcast art by Jeff Lasseter. Want to buy a sponsorship? Yep. Or make a suggestion for a celebrity podcast we should talk about? Send us an email at celebpodpod at gmail.com. I'm Rebecca Lavoy. And I'm Henry Lavoy. I think that's it. Peace. All right, bye. Also possible to reciting the makings of you.